Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Last night I had a dream, and in this dream it was as if I was inside the image that I have posted as the header for the new Thinking Aloud Psy Experience Community Group on Facebook. I'm showing you that image right now, and as if I was there walking out on that platform facing this void of clouds. And then I jumped. I leapt into the cloudy void in my dream. And in the dream, I had the feeling that this is it. I'm dying. And uh, there was no sadness or discomfort. It was just a realization like, okay, here we go. And uh, it has caused me to think a little bit about, uh, of course, the meaning of the dream is naturally any dream can be interpreted on multiple levels. But this dream, of course, suggests that I'm taking a dive. I am diving into uh, a new arena for me, places that I haven't yet been, the cloudy void, uh, it sort of reminds me of the mystical cloud of unknowing, but uh, it suggests a number of other things about death and dying as well. And I suppose it also, uh, now here I am in my 70s, I'm at a phase of life when lots of people begin to think about their uh, death. You know, when you're young, when I was young, at least, I can say that uh, death seemed like far, far away. I don't even have to consider it. It's so far into the future. But now I realize, you know, I might have, well, on the outside, maybe 40, 50 years left. I think it's fair to say that by every demographic statistic, my life is more than 50% over now. Uh, frankly, I'd be okay living to be, let's say, 120. Uh, and that might even be a new record, although by the time I get there, I doubt if it will be because lifespans are increasing. But the point I want to make here is this. In the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says, I've given you a choice. I've set before you a choice. You can choose life or you can choose death. And I urge you to choose life. Life means obedience to God. Death means destruction. Choose life, not death. Because with life you will inherit the land that you were about to enter as the Jewish people were about to enter the Holy Land. However, there's a different ethos in Buddhism, where Buddha says, uh, as you enter into a state of nirvana, you lose your attachment to life. It doesn't matter, alive or dead, either is fine. Why would the Buddha say that? Now, of course, one reason is because the Buddha talked about past lives. The Buddha uh, has the Jataka tales, the many tales of the uh, past lives of, of the Buddha, both as human and not human. But the, you see, he didn't seem to care about losing his life, clinging to life, grasping to life, because he knew 
something is going to continue anyway. And that something is a very elusive something. You know, uh, there was a story that uh, is told that the, the Buddha is telling his tales of his past lives. And afterwards, one of the uh, disciples comes up to him and says, so I see, Master, you believe in reincarnation. And the Buddha said, no. And the disciples said, well, I guess that then you don't believe in reincarnation. The Buddha said, no. And afterwards, the Buddha's scribe, his cousin Ananda, said to him, well, wh why did you do that? Why did you say, no, you don't believe in reincarnation? And no, you don't not believe in reincarnation? And the Buddha said, well, either way, he would have misunderstood me. The concept is subtle. It's complex. <laughs> and it can easily be misunderstood. The Buddha also told people, don't show off your psychic abilities, <laughs> because if you do, people are going to assume that it's because you're wearing a particular amulet that you have these abilities, and you don't want to confuse them. That's not what it's about. Now, I think in my case, uh, there's pretty good reason to accept the data of reincarnation. At least some people reincarnate of the 2,500 cases or so in the uh, database at the University of Virginia. I understand from my interviews with Jim Matlock, maybe 1,300 of them have been solved. So you might say we have evidence now that 1,300 people have reincarnated. What does that mean to me? What does it mean to you? Are we going to reincarnate because some people do? Who knows? I would say there's a good chance uh, that not everybody does reincarnate, at least not right away. According to Manley Palmer Hall, the uh, esoteric metaphysical writer, you, the, the period in between lives is typically 2,500 years. Well, that's a lot longer than the uh, periods that we find in the research database. So, it may well be that that research database is skewed for all sorts of reasons. So, in my case, my willingness to leap into the cloudy void in my dream, my willingness to just, I guess you'd have to say, embrace death. If it's going to come, it's going to come. Well, the truth is, it's going to come. Physical bodies only last so long. Although I do know people who are uh, believe in the immortality of the physical body. Yes, there are people who are striving for that. And uh, God bless them, I wish them well. Uh, but it's probably going to be an uphill battle. Although I do recall over 10 years ago, a British scientist said the first person to live to be a thousand has just turned 60. And at that point, I had just turned 60. So I was intrigued. He was talking about genetic engineering and the idea that we can put viruses into our body. The influenza virus will penetrate every cell of your body. And if you can program that virus to cure certain ailments and illnesses, it may be a miraculous technique that will allow people to recover from health conditions that are currently deadly. And I think that's, he was going in that direction. But 
my own sense is this. First of all, it's inevitable. We're all going to experience the death of our physical bodies, so why not embrace it? Why should we be afraid of death? I think that uh, the, the culture that we have around death and dying and the fear of it is probably not the healthiest thing in the world. There's good evidence in parapsychology to, to suggest, and that's what I'm going to say, suggest that there's a lot more waiting for us out there. In fact, there's good evidence. It was just uh, published in the uh, Scientific American website, a wonderful editorial suggesting that consciousness is primary and that the uh, careful study of quantum theory shows us this. If we really want to gather the true meaning of quantum theory, it's that everything exists in consciousness. And that's because of the, the notion that the collapse of the wave function in quantum theory only occurs when an observation is made. So the conscious observer becomes part of the process, a necessary part of the process. Otherwise, everything is just a vague probability cloud. Nothing happens until somebody observes it, until there is a sentient being observing everything. Well, that's one of the main interpretations of quantum physics. I can say it's not the only one. There are other interpretations. But the main message I want to leave you with is the idea of taking that leap. I'm reminded of the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where he's in a uh, cave-like uh, temple, as I recall, the Temple of the Sun, but it's a dark cave, and he's being chased, and he comes to a, a place where he has to leap it looks like he's going to leap into the void and maybe fall into a chasm and kill himself. But he takes the step and he discovers there's an invisible bridge that holds him up and he can walk across it. And many people interpreted that movie to mean that you do have to take a leap of faith. You have to, there are times in your life when you have to count on the universe somehow being there to support you. Now, that's an optimistic view, and I know not all views of the world are optimistic. George Orwell, in 1984, painted a very pessimistic view of our society and of our politics. And uh, my good friend Jason Reza Giorgiani, in his review of the novel, The Blind Owl, the novelette by the great Persian writer Sadek Hediat, uh, paints a very dark picture of uh, what he calls the supersensible world. I mean, when we begin exploring our psychic capacities, what are we opening ourselves up to? Some people are afraid it's the devil. And as far as I'm concerned, we're opening ourselves up to the universe. And we are the universe. We're opening ourselves up to our own depths. Should we be afraid of ourselves? Should we be afraid of ourselves? That's really the question. And I'll leave you with that question to ponder. Thank you for being with me.